Uh, what is that, a pillbox? Probably left over from World War II. Hey. Boy, it must have been terrible here. 15,000 Americans killed in like 10 days. Yeah, and 150,000 Okinawan and Japanese. Why we all so stupid? Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two stupid minutes at a time. <laughs> I'm Robin. I'm Matt. It's hard to come up with adjectives sometimes. It makes me seem like I'm talking bad about the movie, but... uh uh, joining us today from Dazed and Confused 33 and a third, welcome back, Jarf. Coward! <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know you were going to be com- coming for me like that. Uh, and uh, from Five Minutes of Mystery, uh, welcome back, Dave. Oh, oh it, 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 it's good to be here, but man, oh man, now we got Shosen and Sato here. Now he's, <laughs> oof, these guys. Uh, well, we got a little bit to do before, uh, a little bit of business to get through before, uh, we get to them. Uh, (laughs) we, (laughs) we pick up where we left off on Wednesday with Miyagi and Daniel walking through Tummy Village, Miyagi explaining what happened to it. Um, he explains that after the war, Sato's father, uh, completely destroyed the village's economy, uh, by ruining the fishing. And he goes on to say that his own father, uh, went on to partner with other townspeople to create a vegetable business to save the village. And uh, it's kind of bittersweet, though, because as uh, we find out also that the townspeople don't even own their own property. They rent it from Sato. So ah. Sato just owns everything. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, but like what Miyagi was saying, like, oh, good memories of the king. Was he, is he talking about what we're going to come up later in the movie about the training? Or is it, or are we talking about like, was Miyagi like, he's like, you know, I, I kind of like the job at the cannery I had. There was a bad, it was, it was, a, it was too bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm assuming it was a great place to make out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, we haven't heard anything about Miyagi having any sort of job uh, while he was there. I, I assume he was like, well, I think he did some training there. Point. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is some training that happens there. But I'm saying, yeah, but like, did he like, yeah, did he work there? Like, yeah, it's like, did he, uh, that's all. That's all I'm curious. Like, he actually worked there before they did the, you know, before the farming thing they they discussed. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's when Daniel says, that's a bummer. And that would have, that was my second runner up for like two bummer minutes at a time. <laughs> bummer. Bummer. Very 80s. Bummer. Uh, then uh, Daniel and Miyagi see what Miyagi calls a familiar face, and it is Kumiko. Uh, what do you guys think of Kumiko? This is the only time we really get to talk about her. She's adorable, isn't she? She's great. Kumiko versus Allie. Uh, I think I, I think I would say Kumiko mostly because there's no like there's no like baggage of like you know ex boyfriend or anything. Like I mean like because like Chosen really has no. I don't see him ever. Do you? I don't think he ever hints at a relationship with with Kumiko, right? Like he Previous? just no. Yeah, like so. There's no Johnny thing, and there's no like even though they're from two different countries. There's no, like, I feel like there's no odd stuff there where it's like, oh, Allie, she's from a different side of the tracks. And, yeah. you know, anything she says, I like, oh, what, you insult me because I'm from Jersey? Yeah, you know. Kumiko's I, poor just like him. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. just like they're, 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 they're two, two kind, poor people. I, I got to say this, though. I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, don't let the kids touch the, the, the weapons, but, like, they should they should like let her teach the kids in there, you know, like uh, you know, the, oh, the dance in, in there. 
outside of the fact, that, yeah, outside of the fact, like don't touch the the, 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 the weapons in the wall, but like you know, <laughs> rather than like in the backyard, it's like oh, don't put them in the dojo, you know. Yeah. Now for me, yeah. I'm gonna go Allie. Okay. I I think that her personality strikes a sharper contrast to Daniel's. She she's confident and a little bit more aggressive. And so I the dynamic is more interesting in terms of story. They do have a good banter in, between them. Yes, great banter. But in terms of what I actually enjoy seeing, I'm gonna go, is it Kumiko? Am I yep. pronouncing that correctly? Yep. Kumiko. Kumiko and Daniel, because they're just both sweet cinnamon rolls. Yeah. And all the scenes between them are just so wholesome and sweet. I just, I love it. Yeah. I've said, in, I've said before, I can't, I can't choose. I don't know. I go back and forth. I mean, it's just like the, my preference in which movie I like the best. I, I can't figure it out. It, it is honestly like there is like moments, you know, where I'm watching these clips. I'm just like, you know, it's a shame that like Daniel and her really didn't get to grow old together. You know, they kind of just right. went their separate ways and stuff. And like, and like, I mean, we could talk all day about Amanda LaRusso, great actress. You know, she's gorgeous and everything, and mm-hmm. she does work well with 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 Danny. You know, every time he makes a dumb move, you know, move in the show, she calls him out on it. <laughs> and I'm happy she does. You know, she she's not a pushover. Right. But yeah, it, it, sometimes in my head, I'm like, oh, it'd be so interesting if they just like, you know, maybe if they didn't like like have a whole relationship together, if they at least spent some time outside of this, because you know, when Cry Kid Three picks up, it just feels like it just you know, missed opportunities happen. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I really think they did so well with both love interests in one and two that when we bring when we get to Jessica in part three, like they don't even bother to try to make a relationship there. It there's little chemistry, but she's like got a boyfriend uh, I, in another town, and now that's really all. Yeah, we'll cover <laughs> that when we get to that. But I definitely think all parties, both production. And characters in story are all like, look, we've all been through like past loves and everything, but like we could be good friends for the time that we need to right. have good friends right now. Like we don't need to go to the big prom or anything. Like you know, you're just a gr- nice girl that like you know works across the street for the bonsai store, and that's it. You know, so. uh, Kumiko uh, is teaching the girls the Avon dance, and uh, Daniel uh, recites some stuff he read in his book last night it's about the festival and the honor of the dead um we're gonna get to this more later uh but it is indeed what daniel says uh the uh, bowen festival uh last uh three days it's uh been celebrated for more than 500 years it includes a dance uh called in this movie the Obon dance but it's also called in my research uh bonadore um and I also found that this holiday is now more of more more celebrated as like a family reunion holiday. Uh, like during the festival, uh, according to legend, uh, the spirits of their ancestors leave their graves and then go to their their old households and visit the household altars. And during this time, the families that are reunited, the living, uh, go visit the graves and then clean them up. Uh, that sounds really nice. Yeah, and, and like and, you know, what, what, what? And here's my outside perspective. It sounds very positive and 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 um, and parallel to the D, uh, you know, the Day of the Dead 
that they celebrate in, in Mexico. Yeah. Where it's this, it's, we are celebrating, you know, whereas like us, as Catholics, we're all just more boasts about death and shit, you know? <laughs> we're like, oh, we'll get to heaven if we pray hard, but the, the dead, oh, finger, oh, oh, God, oh, oh, poor Johnny, he died, or Uncle Tony, he died. You know, whereas like, it seems like these cultures are just like, oh, we celebrate them in life. We're all, you know, as Catholics, yeah. we're just morose. Yeah. And adding on to Dave's point, Specifically, what I like about it is that there is built in this tradition of going back to the shrine and cleaning it up mm. because it just gives you something to do. And I think that it it probably gives people a way to process their grief. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking, just trying to think as deeply as I could about this, that like how creepy is it that Miyagi is visiting his home uh, before the festival of the dead and his father is about to die. <laughs> like, oh, perfect timing. He's going to die. And then I'm going to be able to celebrate this festival to honor his, his spirit and legacy, uh, you know, with, with, so my, you're, with the rest of my family. You think he's just basically trying to spare the second plane, second round trip plane ticket. He's like, I'll be there. I'll see <laughs> well, him before here. he dies. He'll perfect. die. I'll, I'll visit. <laughs> I'll give his grave a little wipe and then I'll clean go. it up. And it's I mean, like, it's already boom, clean. Boom, boom. Why, why should I? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, See, Dave and I went deep and you went dark. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, really, I, I, no, it's just, I just think about, you know, just Mr. Biagi, like, he has not seen his father mm. since this point in time since he left. I just think, I just, it's just, it's just insane. Like, just that, like, uh, you know, he never showed his father. I mean, I'm not saying, like, you know, oh, I, hey, I work at a small little apartment building as a maintenance guy, but like, still, it's a shame that he never got to show his father, like, hey, I did, you know, I did thrive in America. Like, you know, I do have my own piece of property. I have, you know, a very nice house and stuff. My Medal of Honor. Yeah. Like, you know, like, it, it just feels like, like I'm, I know they talk about the letters, right? Like they did write each other letters, right? I'm not m making that up in my head. No, no, there, there there's no mention of letters. The wow. Letters, there's letters that uh, Yukie and Miyagi pass back and forth to each That's other it. after yeah. this. After oh this. wow! But yeah, it we we've talked again and again about how, like, really, if you think about it, how cold. Miyagi was like not even a phone call or a letter to your family. Like, what did his father ever do? His father didn't drive him out of town. His father didn't say, "Oh, you have to fight Sato." There's, you have to do it. No, Miyagi is just like gone. <laughs> just leaves and never call, never calls, calls, never writes, never visits. Uh, yeah. yeah, it really does. It, it does kind of like put a weird light where it's just like you know, Miyagi come back to a village where he he did leave. And, you know, his father, I guess, just had his little routine, and he, he cleaned up the, the, the dojo. We don't know if he trained anyone. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's so I weird. He didn't. Just, <laughs> I just assume he didn't. Just, God, yeah. I'm on Sato's side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, Sato's saying, like, you're a, you're a real piece of work, you know? Coward. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Kumiko is now helping uh, the little girls. And I love the little girls giggling. I don't know about you guys, but it cracks me up because uh, they just know, like, oh, cute boy. <laughs> and and all teacher And also, it. look at Danny's walk. I don't know if it's if it's just Ralph, like, trying to pace well in the blocking. <laughs> 
with Pat, but it's just like his legs look so awkward and he walks like he's like like he wants to do a, a larger stride, but he knows he'll immediately pass Pat yeah. with his big legs if he does a full <laughs> his, his regular walking stride. So he, and he has like a little hobble as if like he hurt his ankle or something. I don't know if he actually hurt his leg on set or something. <laughs> No, it's been a while since he hurt his leg at the tournament. It's been a few months. <laughs> so. could, you know what? We'll play that. We'll play that. It's a little, it's a, he's still got he's still got a few kinks. He's got to work out when he walks in the morning. Yeah. Uh, I uh, 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 our friend Mickey Mashida uh, listened to the Japanese that Kumiko is saying to the, the girls, and she could discern uh, her saying like this, like you know, follow 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 along here, you know. Um, and yeah. Uh, Again, thinking deep deeper about this, like it's funny before watching this, you just naturally assume that Miyagi is telling Daniel all about the history of his town and everything until you take into account that Miyagi actually didn't experience any of this. He left town before the war. He didn't keep in touch with anybody else. So this all this information that he's giving Daniel, he stayed up late with the UKA the night before and probably just heard like they talk well, I I took notice like so they must have talked about a, Daniel, who he is, how proud Miyagi is of him. B, whatever happened to Tomi Village. And also, C, just this little trivia fact of Kumiko not only teaches the Obon dance, he, she teaches it after school. Like, he knows even that little detail. Yeah, like, they no, didn't, didn't sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like years and years. You know, and while Miyagi's been downloading history from UKA, Daniel's been downloading fun facts from his Okinawa book, so... He's talking, he's like, oh, that's the Festival of the Dead, right? What's that? A pillbox? Probably left over after World War II. <laughs> yeah. I, I know all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually funny. Once uh, when when Daniel mentions the pillbox in the junior novelization, uh, Miyagi fo- follows that up with saying, um, yeah, Crazy Yamaguchi's house used to be there. <laughs> <laughs> crazy Yamaguchi. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who Crazy Miyamaguchi was, but apparently the junior novelization uh, does. I don't know. Maybe it was from an older draft or something that they were. When, so when did when do we have when did Mr. Miyagi leave Okinawa? What's the what's the timeline then? Uh, before World War II, because okay. when he when he left, he yeah. met, met a girl, and then all of a sudden they're uh, in internment camp together, and he's sent away to World War II to fight. So. I guess they what they sent him to Italy or something. He, they, I mean, I doubt they sent him back to Japan, right? They sent him to, like they would send him because they don't want him to defect. Yeah, history send... shows that the the fighting four four second uh, that they're saying Miyagi was in actually fought on the Italian front. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, fi- yeah, I figured it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Daniel strangely uh, repeats the statistics he he read in World War Two uh, in Japan, but only the American deaths. <laughs> and luckily, yeah, Miyagi doesn't get irritated about it. It's like, yeah, 15,000 Americans killed in like 10 to, yeah, and also 150,000. Uh, so uh, here's where I have a d- nice download for you guys about the Battle of Okinawa. Um, so that battle started April 1st, 1945. Uh, in fact, the, it's strangely, the battle in Europe was already done. Like I was already done with, and the battle again in the Pacific theater was still raging on. And this this particular battle uh, went on for three months. Uh, it was the final island battle before the U.S. was going to invade uh, mainland Japan, uh, and they wanted Okinawa uh, to use as an air base so they could run bombers back and forth uh, to Japan. 
according to the National World War II Museum, uh, it was the hardest fought battle in the history of the U.S. military, including some of the worst kamikaze attacks of the war. Uh, 34 U.S. ships were hit with uh, kamikaze raids. And, oh, that's... Uh, so you're thinking like, oh, that's like a lot of people that died, 34. No, it wasn't one kamikaze per ship. Those were 34 ships, and those sh- ships were hit with 355 kamikaze attacks, mm. which is yeah. like, what? <laughs> um, at the end, uh, when the U.S. won the battle, uh, many Japanese forces chose to just kill themselves in the name of the emperor, just right there and then. Uh, and yeah, the death counts are correct. Um, and in fact, it's worth noting, uh, especially since we're walking through ravaged Tomi, Tomi village, that a good deal of these deaths were just civilians caught in the middle of this nonsense. You know, the, this, you know, what, I mean, I really appreciate Miyagi's line. Like, why are we, why are we all so stupid? You know, like, like as a human being, but also like knowing that like Miyagi, uh, uh how much he hates fighting, how, he ended up having to fight on the other side of the war, just in a different country and how like killing people probably destroyed him. And then as a result of that, like his pay, his payback was like, here's a medal of honor and your wife died at childbirth in an internment camp. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you watch, um, did you watch the terror season two? No, no, I didn't. That's so good. Okay. I'll be very brief about it. It, there was because uh, like a- AMC wanted to do like the FX anthology of the American Horror Story thing, mm-hmm. so they did a thing called The Terror. First season's about uh, a ship called The Terror, and it was like in the northern Atlantic. They were trying to find like a way around the uh, North America for a um, for spice and stuff run, and like the men are getting fr- frozen out there and falling, you know, like in, and it's kind of it plays a little bit into the horror aspects. But the mm-hmm. second season was called in I think it's called infamy terror or something like that or um but it was about essentially um it takes place in a determined camp so it's all of and he had yet um the actor who played of uh, god from star trek i can't remember his name right now but we you know what i'm talking about from a classic william shatner leonard nimoy uh the, a- <laughs> no, the asian actor mr yeah george takai, george yeah. takai he's in it um takai takai sorry i'm sorry the point is, point is, 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 you know, it's a, it's, it's a, an Asian American cast, and the, and they're in an internment camp, and because of some of their family pasts of Japan, a couple of ghosts of the old country have followed them into the internment camp. So like, people are getting killed by like, you know, your classic like, Japanese, uh, 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 family like drama ghosts and stuff. Mm. Um, and it deals and, it, and so you have like real drama of like the life of internment camp absolutely sucks and then you had the horror aspect of just like their secrets that they left back in the old country have now come to like kind of haunt them um it was a very very good very good season um yeah. uh what, what else did i want to say oh shoot um uh, also like related yeah. media uh uh I don't know if anybody's seen Hacksaw Ridge. It was directed by Mel Gibson, so you know your mileage may vary. Uh, but it was about the real story of uh, Dominic Dunn. Uh, Andrew Garfield plays him in the movie, and it's it, it takes place during the Battle of Okinawa, and uh, he it, he he plays like a U.S. soldier who's also a conscientious uh, objector. So he like refuses, like his entire he decides just to put down his uh, 
rifle and just start helping people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bring them back to the medics and stuff like that. So, um, I, it's a while ago, but I, there was a comic series I liked. It was a, an alternate take. Whereas what if we were doing, what if we did the ground war in Japan and we didn't do bombing mm-hmm. and it's, it's called, I think it's called invading paradise. And it's essentially like, it's about like soldiers. Like, 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 you know, they don't want to be here anymore. Like, like, like the war has gone on to like, we're now into like 1946 mm. and they're like, can the diplomats please, like they're trying to get like the emperor and his people like, please just surrender so we can go home. Like we, we don't want to go back to Hawaii and say that like, oh, they could bring more planes and ships and attack us again. Like they, it's like, we need you to surrender. Like Germany surrendered. We need you to say that you're not going to war with us anymore. So we can like get to the diplomatic channels. It was just about like, you know, I think it was, it was it was kind of like telling it was almost kind of like the same thing with the Vietnam where you're like, why are we even here anymore? Like, <laughs> like, like it's we're just going through and they're fighting us and we're like, we have to destroy these villages with the we have to clear the villages out to make sure that like no one's going to like, you know, we have to take these like, you know, block by block kind of thing. And it was a real right. kind of like, you know, it wasn't an action. Con- it was kind of like, um like, thin, was it Thin Red Line? Was it where it was like it wasn't the same prior Ryan where it was like the it was like yeah it was like more about these soldiers not. being like oh my god like I don't want to be here and like you know have to like shoot guys up in the jungles and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I was noting here was like let's just double down on how Miyagi might be feeling about all this, like he left before the war started. Like, imagine the guilt he's got to feel that. He left his home and he wasn't there to help defend it. And then he ended up working for the invaders. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And meanwhile, the war just destroyed his home. Um, and luckily, not his, his home home. Maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe they rebuilt it or whatever. But um, No wonder that guitarist told him to go home. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. How about this? Uh, there's a segment here that wasn't, uh, they didn't, uh, uh, film it, but it was in the shooting script. Uh, in the shooting script, it's a little, the, the conversations are a little bit out of order. Uh, and I, and I like the final product a lot better, but in the shooting script, it said, uh, it showed Daniel and Miyagi talking about the vegetable economy. And Daniel notes that this is an awful lot of vegetables they're making for such a small community, at which Miyagi uh, turns, salutes a helicopter passing overhead and says, God bless America, like humbly. <laughs> which I'm just like, no, Seriously? no. <laughs> what are you thinking, Cayman? <laughs> what? what? No, that... <laughs> no, like. I'm sure Pat Morita was like, no, (laughs) no, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like he can still be cynical about America. Like he's allowed to have like a cynical side to him as well. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I moved to America and I got like a nationalization and I, you know, fought in the war, but like, I could still be like angry about stuff. Yeah. Like I could still be also like, yeah, having that, like I'm walking around with that, like back of my head guilt that like I abandoned these people before, you know, like, would I have died in honor if I fought here? I don't know. Like, that's just, you know, a different path it would have taken. But so yeah, the, way, the way it had, it wasn't, he wasn't cynical at all. He was being like, yes, America saved us. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I would, yeah, I would absolutely just like, ugh, vomit my mouth on that one. Uh, 
But like the, the part of the vegetables, he says that like you know, oh well, a lot of vegetables, small vegetables. Like, yeah, we have to, they have to sell them. And he said, we, you're yeah. not part of this town anymore. We're not eating the vegetables, and that's how we're living. No, exactly. We have to make money have, for other things. To, exactly. We have to like, yeah, we have to do it because we have to pay stuff. <laughs> All right, here we go. Suddenly, a black car pulls up, and out of the back climbs Chosen and his uncle Sato. And I like how the both of them kind of face their counterparts. <laughs> when when they step up and uh, Sato asks Miyagi if he's seen his father and and Miyagi's like yeah and, uh, and then he says uh, then we finish tonight um, and I bring I bring nephew for for witness um, Matt we were talking a bit about how uh, uh, super dramatic uh, Sato's accent is and I really not- noted that he's very soft spoken here yeah I was uh, I was like bracing myself for it i was watching it with mel and i was like he was he was coming along uh in his car and i was like i was getting all ready for it i was like oh here he comes Miyagi! yeah I <laughs> and uh no he didn't do it yeah it was it was a it was a somber moment i guess because of the father yeah <laughs> uh what do you guys think about sato i it's so crazy that this businessman has this burning you know I mean, I mean, I guess what it is, he has the burning anger of the entire village in him, but also he didn't, he didn't put that toward anything good. He just became a capitalist and then just like milked his own town for everything it's worth. Um, And then, yeah, he's, and then he's mad. And so, so wait, so he's mad. Let me give this straight. He's mad at Miyagi because decades ago it was over. Was it over the woman? Yeah. I mean, they, uh, UKA was promised to Sato. Yeah. They, it was, you know, it was a family thing. And then Miyagi fell in love with Sato, fell in love with Sato, fell in love with Yukie. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, uh, instead of talking to Sato, it seems, I mean, this is, I'm getting this from what the information we're getting. Instead of talking, yeah. he made a speech in front of the whole village about how he should marry Yukie. And then Sato felt like his honor was uh, taken from him or trampled on. And so Sato challenged him to a death match. And uh, and so Miyagi's like, nope, I don't believe in fighting. So I am leaving Yuki. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving my entire town. Goodbye. <laughs> and then and then she really didn't have, I mean, like, at no point does it sound like she was ever interested in Sato. It just sounds like it was a family arrangement of the yeah. culture. And she, she reveals when you know, earlier in the movie that she never married Sato. So they all just kind of stayed single and in stasis waiting for Miyagi to return. Yeah. (laughs) But I think Sato is great. I love that he just hams up every line and every moment. I love that no matter what you do, he will call you a coward. (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is the third time he oh wait no chosen actually calls it's me chosen that does yeah. it in this scene yeah but it's like i challenge you to a fight you refuse to fight coward yeah <laughs> later in the movie i'm pinned beneath a log yeah you're gonna try to kill me now because you're a coward yeah you got me down <laughs> now yeah oh man uh and uh you know since we're since he's here as well, I mean, what do you guys think of uh, Chosen? I mean, looking at you know, I I I I still want Jarf to watch Cobra Kai and really enjoy that the part, but oh yeah, I mean, Chosen here, he's got his 
You know, his slick backed hair. He's got his open T-shirt. Oh, God. You know? He used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> he changed. People can change, but he used to be. Dave, I, I think you should leave. I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> you know him and Sato, they go over to that bar where all the guys are uh, doing the cry trap. They're getting their sloppy steaks, yeah. you know? They're pretty dangerous, those guys. Night Screw's got his Dan Flash's shirt on. Uh, no joke, uh, though. Chosen is a sharp dresser. Yeah. Yeah, these are yeah, these are probably like, yeah, uh, down, downtown, I don't know, down, I, don't, I guess downtown Okinawa, biz, like whatever the equivalent of Brooks Brothers is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, Miyagi uh, turns the invitation to a fight down. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you guys are probably going to lose some sleep because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and that's when Chosen barks in Daniel's face that uh, his teacher is a coward. And then Sato ends up barking at him, and I have a translation for that. Uh, uh, Miki Yamashita, thank you. Uh, she translated that he says, you are being too loud. <laughs> Oh, then the, okay, that makes sense why he's quiet. He doesn't. He he wants to deal with you know uh, a Miyagi, but he like he doesn't want the whole village. I guess he doesn't want the whole village right now to get involved. Like he he probably wants to rule that over the village to be like, ha ha, I have defeated him. Right. But I guess he you know it's almost like he wants to keep it almost as this this duel as some kind of business transaction still. Like, all right, talk to Bob. Okay, then. All right, we're going to go here, and then we're going to fight, and uh, I'm going to kill you, and then you know, that'll be that. So, yeah, local businessman kills. <laughs> <laughs> right. My question is, why why Chosen is so invested in his uncle's beef? I mean, if my uncle told me, hey, this guy is coming back to town, and he really dishonored me, what is it? Thirty years ago? Yeah, forty. Forty years ago, mm -hmm. and so we're gonna give him nothing but trouble the entire time. I wouldn't <laughs> say like, "All right, I'm there. Let me meet him at the airport." And if there's, a, a, if he's got a young sidekick, then I'm gonna bully that sidekick. Like, yeah. why does he even? I just feel like Chosen has heard this story his entire life. This is Uncle Sato's like big beef. Like one of these days, I'm gonna get this guy, and 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 he he decided me and ruined my life, you know. So uh, you know, I've been wait, I'm waiting for him, and now he's finally here. And Chosen's like, oh, awesome. And then and then he sees he brought a student with him, just like, oh, perfect. You know, now I can now I can emulate my teacher by beating his student. <laughs> so. I mean, we don't really know about Chosen's home life. He might see his parents as weak fishing, yeah. you know, or, or, or farmers. He sees Sato as, like, he's aggressive. He gets what he wants. You know, he, he dresses yeah. nice. He takes control. I wouldn't be like that. And so he's, he is emulating everything he's doing, I'm going to do. So it's like he dresses right. nice. I'm going to make sure I get, I spend my money on nice suits. And it's like, he's like, he's bad at this guy. I will focus my anger on that. So it's just like, he's just... You know, he's not whatever. We never actually get to see the, the I don't think we, we don't ever actually see the Sato like commercialized dojo that he has at the no. poster. Uh, well, well, no, we do. We do. Pieces. We okay. do. 
Yeah, when they go downtown to Naha, we That's see it. he looks in the window. Yeah. Um, Was the, who's is chosen teaching that right? Not not yeah. to himself. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure it's one of those things where like Chosen was like his best student, so of course he runs classes, so Sato doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean Sato, he's if anything, he's diversified now. Like, yeah. like it's like he, he he wants to keep the posters up because he wants more people to join, but he's clearly like running. Yeah, he's running uh, uh, the, the fishing stuff. He's running probably like um, contracts for the American like you know uh, uh, the uh, the the Air Force base is probably running you know logistics and stuff around there. So he's probably uh, just. You if you go back and look at that billboard, he's also running an escort service. See this? Yeah, this guy's the Tony <laughs> Soprano. This guy's the Tony Soprano of Okinawa. Right, right. All right. So Sato decides that since Miyagi refuses to meet him, he's going to have to fight with him right then and there. So he takes off his sunglasses, and we see his eyes for the very first time in this movie. And it sure looks like he's that stone cold look that he has is hiding a couple of sad little eyes there. I think he's a. I don't know. He's there's that it's that that bit of emotion that he has. Like he's deeply hurt by what Miyagi did, and just is bringing back all sorts of memories for him. That's what I'm reading into it. Okay. Um, I, I just got... like how he says, "You leave me no choice," and then he takes off his sunglasses. Right? <laughs> and he's like, "I hope you're intimidated." <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and we'll have to see. So uh, slow and dramatic about the way he he pulls off his shades. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the an opening teaser to CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, our uh, two minutes are up, and uh, so that leaves me no choice but to uh, wrap things up for today. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for uh, joining us this uh, very eventful, very uh, fun, f- fun fact-filled and fun-filled uh, week. <laughs> Um, you know, thank you for having us on. Uh, you know, finally, we finally got to, to talk about this, and you know, we're we're here. Right? The, the, this part, this is the calm before the storm. Mm. I'm gonna keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of tension building, so I'm I'm very excited to see where you uh, where you take this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and hopefully, Dave and I can be back for Karate Kid Three. Oh my God. Gotta keep oh. up the tradition. Are you gonna cover Karate Kid 3? Of course. Talk about slick back hair. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> wait! Because I know by that time the season four of Cobra Kai will be out. And we yeah. I you you will you have to tie me down. I will be so excited <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of weird how we're covering these movies ahead of the Cobra Kai episodes that or not after the, the Cobra Kai episodes that reference those movies. So but it's. I, I feel like I've gotten even more uh, from the minutes because I can now reference uh, things that happen in the future. <laughs> uh, so it'll be fun to see what the uh, what Cobra Kai season four gives us to talk about for uh, uh, not only just covering those episodes but uh, going through the part three three minutes at a time. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, it is Friday. Oh, it's time for you guys to give us some plugs. We'll start with Jarf. Cool. Thanks, man. So I'm in pre-production for Dazed and Confused 33 and a third. So if you want to hang out and meet some fellow fans in the meantime, check out our Facebook group, The Moon Tower, a Dazed and Confused 33 and a third hangout. So that's just a a place to share your memories of Dazed and Confused. If you want to pitch yourself as a guest, go ahead. But yeah, there's a, 
a new fiesta in the making at the moon tower nice and dave uh, yeah, as I was uh, saying earlier in the, uh, in the in our episodes, uh, I cover the 1999 superhero comedy ensemble Mystery Men. Uh, a couple years ago, yeah, Sean and I, we finished up on uh, Groundhog Minute, where we covered the Bill Murray comedy Groundhog Day. Um, so I'm working. Uh, listeners, I'm actually working with Robin. I might have him on to talk some Mystery <laughs> Men. Just uh, so, you know, keep keep your ear close to the uh, close to the dojo on that one. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, grabbing Matt by the ear and uh, pulling him on to there as well. So that'll be fun. I've never seen that movie, so out of context, and it's. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'll just ask you: Are you interested in any of the superhero stuff that's happened in the last like twenty years? Yeah. Okay, then, then I think you'll like that. That this movie in nineteen ninety nine, like, kind of was ahead of its time in critiquing superhero movies before <laughs> the Marvel craze kicked off. Cool. So that's something to think about. Yeah. All right. Well, tune in next week, everybody, uh, when Miyagi gets some sad news. Uh, so, <laughs> but hopefully, we'll have some fun talking about it. And until next time, coward. <laughs> <laughs>